AJ Jones. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Anything you want to say to me today? Um, you look handsome. Try again. Happy Father's Day. There we go. <laughs> Happy Father's Day to everybody in the UK or North America. I found out that in New Zealand, it doesn't happen until September. Really? Yeah, our friend Stuart texted me and said, hey, happy Father's Day. I was like, oh, and I thought I was being clever going, happy Father's Day to you from yesterday. And he was like, uh, actually not till September. Well, I had no idea. What about Australia? I'm imagining it's the same, but I'm not up to speed on my world Father Day events. Here's some things that I think of. Why wouldn't we all celebrate on the same day? I mean, it seems like that's one of those things we could have gotten, you know, the same day on. I understand, like the birth of your nation is going to be on its own day because, you know, it's hard to really get that all in the same day. To coordinate those things. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I feel like Father's Day and Mother's Day really could have been those kind of days. Yeah. I, I wonder if it's for Hallmark to spread out their earnings around the year. Mm, possible. The other thing I wonder about is... <laughs> Go on. <laughs> why sign language isn't the same in every country in the entire world? You're using your hands. Yeah, but how different is it? Like how different no, it's is... different. It's really different. It's a completely different language. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, I mean, I can speak uh, ASL, but I can't, which is American Sign Language. But like, for example, when we get together with RT and Louise, she speaks British Sign Language. It means nothing to me. We should start a separate podcast called AJ's Musings, <laughs> where you just think Deep out loud. thoughts. Dude, if you drop your keys into a river of molten lava, just let it go because they're gone. <laughs> Let's talk about our week. <laughs> rescue, do, rescue me. Do you want to know what the highlight of my week was? Yes. You already know the highlight of my week. Was it kissing me? Nope. Was it? Uh, this is taking too long. The it, breakfast I made for you this morning? Nope. Mm. It was the <laughs> Apple Worldwide Developer Conference. Yes, I knew that. It's my Super Bowl. Okay. So I... Thankfully, there's no men in tights, so I'm okay with this. <laughs> it's my nerd fest. I mean, Apple puts on a couple of events each year, you know, the launch of a new iPhone, perhaps the launch of a new product, like an iPad Pro. Mm -hmm. But generally, the Worldwide Developers Conference is where they preview all their new software. They come out of the gates and say, hey, this is what we're going to be releasing. And it gives you some hints to the new products that are coming in September. But this year, they released four new operating systems. And every year... I tend to not learn from my previous years and just go ahead and install the betas. It is true. Every year I dread this conference because you will install the betas and then everything crashes for you for months. Well, it's like I'm using updates. Microsoft products. Yeah, it must helps be me see how the other imagine. half live. Should we have a moment of silence for those that live? But with honestly, Microsoft? here's the thing. In previous years, you're absolutely right. The 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 developer build that they release at the conference is so flaky, it's not even a beta. So they release a developer build, you put it on your device, it is really flaky. And then two weeks later, they will give you the first beta, two weeks later, the second beta, usually. But this year, I found the developer builds to be really stable. Yeah, me too. You're not running them. No, but my phone feels really stable. <laughs> I'm considering running them because normally, yeah. I just watch you... Uh, exist in frustration for several weeks until things get updated. But don't you think it's glorious frustration? No. You don't think there's any joy in it in mine? Nope. Okay, well... Do you remember last year I upgrade? I did the upgrade with you and then I made you switch it back? Right. 
because I was like, you know what? I don't need this level of frustration in my life. I, d- I don't remember that. You did. Okay. I may well have done, but mm-hmm. I don't tend to remember things that are, you know. Outside of your mind palace. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of your mind palace, uh-huh. where is the cable for actually charging my pencil? You know, it could be in numerous places. We're in the stage of packing and... So it could be in a box of linen. It, it could be anywhere. But awesome. you can just shove it in the bottom of your um, iPad and it'll charge up overnight. I mean, it doesn't look very good, but it will accomplish the same thing. Oh. That's basically all that happened this week. I mean, the second most exciting thing from the World of Developers Conference, I went to the dentist again. I mean, that's how mundane our week was. It was a very strangely slow kind of week. Which I'm kind of grateful for. Yes. I mean, intermingled in there was parties and mm-hmm. getting to be with friends and all that sort of stuff. I went to a dance party on Friday. I dance. stayed home. Dun, 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 dance, yeah. Dun, it, it was a really bad 70s disco. <laughs> no, it was very fun, actually. Okay, you enjoyed that? Mm-hmm. It's very good. You're a little dancing queen. Yeah. Um, how excited are you about our new house? I am super stoked and I wish... We could go in it and measure it and plan things. My shaper is somewhat stifled. Oh, well, there's a fun story. Yes. <laughs> he said, realizing it's probably not that fun to the vast Well, it was population. fun for us. Do you want to tell a story? Yes. My husband, the super sleuth. Is this your super handsome? Super handsome. Thank super you. talented super sleuth. Yep. There we go. Used his former hacking skills. Now, that's a great to, exaggeration. Uh-huh. You were a hacker. Just admit it. It's good for you to ultimately track down and find plans for our house that we bought. So we have like the builder's plans. Yeah. Which I then imported and redrew because there were 10 year old plans, some of which were hand drawn from the builder who very kindly found them in their archives and they wanted to fax them over, but I was, I was trying to explain that I live in a different century. And so eventually they scanned them in and emailed them over, but they had the resolution of a postage stamp. But nevertheless, they were super helpful. But we now have actual houseplants. So you're now dreaming in two dimensions, aren't you? I am. I am, I am. Yes, I have, uh, I have like 14 or 15 pin boards one for each room. I, I counted was... 27 thumb swipes the other night when you were showing me them. Well, that's also some food recipes and things. Yeah. And that's actually just the title pages as you're thumb swiping. It's not the actual pages. Good Lord. <laughs> but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I'm more excited about moving into this house than I was about moving into our current house, which is strange because we designed and built our current house. True. But for whatever reason, I'm super giddy and can't wait. I'm really excited too. But we're packing like crazy people and we're trying to work out how we're going to live in a packed up state. Yeah. Yeah. I vote for living here, oh, camping style until the last moment. I'm fine with that as long as the camping is indoors and we have Wi-Fi and air conditioning. It'll be indoors with Wi-Fi and air conditioning, but just not much else. Just mattresses on the floor. All right. Let's talk about our main topic for this week. Yes. It is, as I said, Father's Day today, the day that we record this. And tomorrow will be the week of Father's Day. And we had some we had some musings about Father's Day, didn't we? It was spearheaded by Pastor Jeff's amazing message this morning at church that he was talking about fathers and sons. And do you want to kick us off with that? Yeah, I thought it was really, really good. Um, he did 
say some really interesting things. Um, I loved his revelation about how um, a father, the true nature of a father, he said, is that they want to give. Right. Which I thought was amazing. And and then he was contrasting that with um, sonship is all about valuing fathers and it's all about positioning yourself to receive from a father. That's a really interesting topic. You know, I think it was, it was Paul who said you have many teachers but few fathers. Yes. And so Jeff made this distinction between a father is not someone who instructs others but one who reproduces themselves. And this yeah. whole nature that they're the true nature of a father, like you said, is somebody who wants to give. I think in the church, we hear all sorts of stories, horror stories, really, of people saying, hey, I'm going to be your spiritual father. Mm-hmm. And really, the horror stories is what that actually means is, I want you to serve me for free. Right. You're you're my new slave. Which is entirely different from our experience of being fathered, say, by John and Carol. Right. Where John and Carol's heart, especially... I mean, speaking from my experience, was the whole time I was with them, they basically supplemented my lifestyle for a whole year while I traveled with them. Right. There was no sense that I was paying them anything. But on the other hand, there was this enormous sense in the, if if the true nature of a son is they want to receive, I position myself to receive. Yeah. And I think I've watched... You also worked really hard while you worked for them. Sure. Yeah. Sure, but that's that whole thing of you want to receive. And I think I've, I think we've both seen these lopsided relationships where the onus is on the sons to serve, but the fathers haven't got the revelation they need to father well in, in giving. Mm-hmm. Or there's people who are trying to give away to people who aren't really sons or just followers. Right, and they're not actually looking to receive. They're mm-hmm. just looking for you to open doors for them. To unpack that a little bit. Well, I think it looks different to, uh, from a heart position, to want to receive from a father. Um, because a father, like one of the things that Jeff said today is a father opens doors for their sons, you know? Right. And, but I've also seen dads that open doors for sons that actually never received any discipline or instruction. And that usually goes badly. So the, the heart of the father is still good. You know, I want to open the door for this son or this spiritual son. But if the spiritual son actually never positioned themselves to receive from the father, sometimes that can end up in a bad place because they haven't actually received the other stuff, the discipline, um, the encouragement, the character, all the stuff that the father can build in the son. Um, but they have taken advantage of the doors open. Well, I'm so-and-so's spiritual son or whatever, and walk through those doors without actually having received the stuff that the dad had actually received through life that Mm -hmm. would have empowered them to go further. And then I I suppose conversely, we've seen the opposite where you have genuine sons who are living to serve these fathers. Yes. Yeah. But it's doubtful that these fathers were ever fathered well. Right. Because while the sons are being earnest in their efforts to receive, the father thinks that they're just free fuel for their ministry. Right. Yeah, we certainly, I mean, you certainly see both. And then you also see really healthy, um, you know, father-son or, or child-spiritual parent relationships right. that are, their life on both ends. There's uh, life flowing from the the spiritual dad into the kids, and there's life flowing back and honor flowing back. And those are the ones that are just exciting to watch because you know that there's a generational blessing mm-hmm. that's going to unleash th- 
things, you know, it's going to change things. So I would say the big mistakes that we've made is that it took us a while to realize that you need to transition skills from being a son to being a parent. Yeah. So I think when we got here, we very much viewed spiritual parenting in the in the same way that we viewed spiritual sonship. And they're two completely different skill sets. Yes. Yeah. You know, I once asked John, John, how do you know the difference between sons and daughters and people who are following you? And he, he said, well, I think you just know, <laughs> which wasn't very helpful because <laughs> I didn't just know. Hence my question. Right. And I asked the same question to Gary one day, Gary Morgan, and he, he, he just, answered with a wink, you know, that little wry grin that Gary has. Yeah. And he just said, well, well, brother, you, you know the answer to that. It's John chapter 1, verse 12. And so I'm racking my brain like, what does John 1, 12 say? And so I look it up and he's, you know, it says this, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. That's a New Living Translation. I think the New International Version says, to all who believed him and received him, he gave the right to become children of God. Right. So usually your followers will listen to you, mm. but the people who are going to position themselves as sons and daughters receive from you. Yeah. It's that whole, we were trying to share this with some of the leaders in Iceland a couple of weeks ago when we were there. You know who you're positioning in your life as fathers, because those people's words are big in your ears. Right. It's not just that you're listening to what they're saying, you're now applying it to your life, sometimes with great cost or great inconvenience. Right. Because you're choosing to believe that their words have wisdom larger than you can currently see. Right. So even when you don't understand, you apply the wisdom that you've received from them because you're choosing to honor what they have over what you think you have. Right. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this. This week I spoke at Emony and I, uh, I don't even remember. Oh, the topic was how good is your God? Mm-hmm. And one of the things... Great message. Thank you, baby. One of the things I didn't get to say, but it, it fitted in with it, was the story. When we got this house, the house that we live in now, when we, we moved out of it from the house that we were renting, we have a great friend, Richard Vouters. He's just a, an amazing man of God and somebody we love dearly. And he lived with us for a while. It's mm-hmm. something we love to do. We love having people live with us. And Richard got um, engaged and then married to Michelle, who's one of our fabulous pastors at Eminate. And of course, we're thrilled. We're absolutely thrilled that they're moving out and they're getting married. And that's incredible. But Rich living here helped uh, cover the cost of our mortgage. You know, what we charged him in rent uh, mm-hmm. was super helpful. But I remember one day, Jeff came along and just said, hey, guys, I've been praying for you and I have a thought for you. And we're like, oh, yeah, go on. And he said, I wonder if you should take a break from having people live with you. And I was thinking, you you don't know our bank balance. like Right. You don't know why we do this, obviously. <laughs> I mean, aside from the fact that we love to pour right. into people, there's the very real effect that it actually helps us make ends meet. Right. And he said, yeah, I, I totally understand that, but I think you guys have a higher value than making ends meet, and that's your value on space. And I just think in this season of your life, as things are ramping up, you're going to want space and... I know you love having a God room and I just wonder if, you know, pray about it. Mm. And so that was one of those examples where, you know, Jeff's words are obviously very big in our ear. We, we've positioned ourselves in, in our lives to receive input from Jeff and Becky. And we trust that God speaks through them, especially in areas that we might not hear. Right. And so despite the fact that um, it was going to put us at a financial disadvantage, we just thought, look, he's got nothing to gain by giving us that input. Right. 
he he was praying one day, he felt like the Holy Spirit shared something. We're not hearing something either way. We're okay, your words are big in our ears. So mm-hmm. we said we're not gonna do that. And two things happened. One, miraculously, our needs were met financially without yeah. having to take a, a, a tenant. Yeah. And two, we found that the room that Rich was renting became our God room. Yeah. It's where we'd retreat to to just have time with God. So I mean, yeah, I mean, even in that story, the wisdom of Jeff and and I remember when he told us I thought gosh I don't know like I don't know that we can do that but I'm also willing to hear and try it you right. know um and as it turns out you know it was it was great wisdom for us you know in many ways and it was also great to have a season where it was just the Joneses in the house I think for the kids and and for right. us and everything else so on so many different levels um, that was great wisdom, but we probably wouldn't have thought of it ourselves uh, because we were sort of stuck in the what we thought we had to do as opposed to what could God be saying about this next season. Right. I remember, um, you know, we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but John and Carol, they would always say to us, we really want our ceiling to be your floor. Right. And I don't think, like, I don't think I really understood that until I had kids because... You know, one of the things that Jeff said today is, of course, you don't want for your kids for them to have had a hard time when you had a hard time. You know, you don't want them to go through the school of hard knocks just because you did. Right. You want something better for them. And I think whether you're a parent or a spiritual parent, that's that's the cry of a parent is actually, I want to make the road smooth for you. And I don't mean you can take all the bumps and wrinkles out of it. And I don't mean lesson free. Um. But certainly, you know, I I want my ceiling to be my kid's floor. I want them to, you know, it's amazing to me that our son is three and he prays in tongues, you know. Like, I didn't start praying in tongues until I was in my 20s. Same here. You know, it it's all that stuff to me is just like, God, you're so good that they don't have to wait as long as we did, you know, to see the things that we see or to believe the things that we believe. Well, it's like when Tia got her American passport. So we have three children. One of them was born in Canada. The other two have born here in the States. And I remember the day that Tia, who's our, our firstborn child in the United States, got her American passport. I, I remember being in tears, really. I opened it up and I looked at the U.S. passport and I began to cry. And I and my wife's mocking me right now. Mm, I remember you crying. Oh, it's just my love of America, <laughs> really. so cute. But I remember thinking about this whole thing of of sonship, of my daughter gets for free what has cost me thousands of dollars and many years. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what dads do. They position their lives so the kids get an inheritance. Yeah. And I, it's the same in the spiritual. Like It took me probably two years of diligent study and huge levels of skepticism and extreme hunger and and tons of study to understand the things of the spirit it took me even more in time and money and effort to receive you know the inheritance that that Toronto is and and was you know i moved my whole life there yeah. for a touch and in god's kindness made me a son there and my kids were born born into John and Carol's house, literally. I mean, they, the first place they went when they came out of the hospital was back to John and Carol's house. They, yeah. you know, two of our kids are named after them. Mm-hmm. They, they, to, 
to our kids, John and Carol, these world leaders of revival are Mama and Papa. Mm. And I don't think they'll understand. I mean, how would they understand? Why it's just, would they? It's, it's just normal for them. It's just yeah. Mama and Papa. Right. But for me, looking at that, just thinking, Lord, these people who were distant heroes of mine, you've, you've done something where in my life, that's part of their lineage now. They're growing up with grandparents who've overseen the longest running revival in church history. Right. Like that's, that's and then you just take a step back and go, God, what are you doing? That's unbelievable. Hmm. And that was the, the crux of Jeff's message this morning is, it's, he's speaking to fathers, but he's speaking to everybody, but the decisions you make today are setting up your legacy. And that was such a powerful message. I really loved it. Yeah. Talk about what we talked about when we got home from going to the movie. We went to go see Finding Dory. We took the kids. I'm not sure MJ is really at the stage where he's enjoying movie theaters. He wants to kind of no, run around. He does. Um, the girls loved it. So this was, well, this, I think it's one of the benefits again of living in America that Americans place a high value on celebration. Yeah. My upbringing, so I, I don't want to speak on behalf of Britain, but my upbringing, I would say that we, we, at least I didn't. So you come to Father's Day, you come on Mother's Day, you come to Valentine's Day, you come to birthdays, and you can have this kind of cynical edge of, oh, it's just about making more money, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I remember trying to celebrate my dad. I, it was one of his birthdays as a little kid going, hey, dad, it's your birthday. Are you excited? And I remember my dad saying, no, it's just another day. And something got written on my heart there. I'm, I'm not blaming my dad. I'm, I'm talking about the culture I grew up in. But something got written on my heart there that why even bother? It's just another day. Right. Right. It's no different than the day before. Right. And even with Christmas, although we made a big deal about Christmas, there was often this undercurrent that it's much ado about nothing. I mean, of course, we'd acknowledge it's the, the remembrance of the birth of our Savior. But generally speaking... You know, it felt like we would play the game of celebrating, but there wasn't a real undercurrent of genuine joy and rejoicing. And that would spill over into anniversary. So somehow I realized that I've got to the stage in life where it's Father's Day. I wake up really with no expectation of being celebrated. I'm thinking that the kids are going to make me some crappy little hand-drawn cards, you know. (laughs) Which they did. (laughs) Which they did. And you're probably not going to have made any plans and I don't care, you know, it's not like I'm, woe is me, I'm not feeling celebrated, but we'll just kind of get through the day. But then I go to church and I realize everyone, everyone is like, hey, Alan, happy Father's Day. Hey, and I'm getting texts and, you know, people who are just saying, hey, thank you. You know, you've been a spiritual father to me. Thank you for what you do. Hey, I love watching you parent your kids. And I'm, and I'm just surrounded by a culture that is really celebrating. And, you know, Jeff is cutting short his message so that people can take their dads out. I'm meeting people's dads who've come to church. With them, and I'm just like, whoa, what's wrong? with this picture and I'm realizing the depth of my value on the day is really really shallow right which as I've said before I don't you know it's neither here nor there it doesn't I'm not saying this out of self-pity out of like I want to be celebrated but then I began to think what am I writing on my kids hearts right I'm actually in my efforts or my non-efforts because this applies to Mother's Day. When Mother's Day happens, we're equally as yep. lax about anything. Because yeah. I, I don't we think... sort of figure it out in the car on the way home from yeah. church. Oh, great. It's Mother's Day. Do you want to go somewhere? Day. Do you want to yeah. get food? I you guess know. so. Yeah. Right. Which doesn't feel special to you either. But no. again, I think we don't care. We both probably had a similar sort of upbringing where it's like... I mean, you had enough trauma in going on <laughs> in your life that... Yeah, I don't remember any Father's Day or Mother's Day. Right. Yeah. So 
But the trouble is, I'm thinking about what am I teaching my kids? I'm teaching my kids something that's completely contrary to my values. Because if I stop, and if you were to say, hey, Alan, are mums and dads important? I'm like, yeah, they're super important. Mm -hmm. You're like, hey, have you been impacted by your mum and dad? Uh, Yeah, I'm the man I am because of my mum. You know, when you take a step back, you're thinking, it's actually a really big deal. Right. And I'm realizing that I've, because I've never placed a value on the day, the subtext is I'm not really placing a value on the role. So we had a conversation just thinking, I actually don't want my kids growing up and assuming the role of a mother and a father as a valueless role. Yes. I mean, it has inherent value because you see kids, but there's something about pausing and having an external honor added to you that helps along the journey of life. Yeah. And I thought, I'm teaching my kids not to celebrate. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's good. I think we'll both have to uh, percolate on what that looks like in the future and what we want to make that look like. I mean, I think that's definitely the thing that has sort of slapped us in the face, as it were, the most in moving to the United States is the whole thing of celebration. And that Americans love to celebrate. And as I said, you know, I've said this several times to begin with, I was like, oh, come on. Like this is, again, this is about money or this is about whatever. But I realized actually my heart isn't good at celebrating. And, um, but Jesus is great at celebrating and the father loves to celebrate his kids. Right. And so uh, I actually need an adjustment. I remember when we did Danny Silk's premarital class. He talked about this concept of defining new normals. Talk, talk about that, because I thought that was a brilliant point that Danny made. Well, he talks about um, everybody comes into marriage, like when they first get married, with new with their own normals. So, you know, you have a normal that this is what lunches look like and dinners look like, and this is what family gatherings look like, and this is what Sundays look like, and this is what, you know, everybody has their set of normals. Like, for example, dessert with every meal. That's right. Well, that was definitely one of your normals that I was like, what is your problem? We had dessert like two weeks ago, and why are you asking me every meal for dessert? Because it was a normal in my life. Growing up, we had dessert with every single meal, including breakfast. I know. I know. I didn't figure it out until... We actually went home for a visit and I realized, wow, I'm being served dessert with every meal. This is so strange. And then I was like, oh, this is why he keeps going, there's no dessert. There's no dessert. And I'm like, uh, why would, it's not your birthday. Why would you have dessert? Yeah. It, it's alarming when you run headlong into your spouse's family's normals. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, that's how you guys do it in this house. Okay, mm-hmm. full contact. I understand. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we we had a, a whole bunch of new normals to form together because, you know, I like some of my normals. You probably like some of yours, but it's it's way more fun as a family to just sort of sit down and go, hey, what do we want our normals to be for our kids? Right. And that's the fun part, realizing, oh, we're not stuck with these normals. Nope. We get to choose what comes into our family. Right. We can glean from the best of them, right. and, but we can make up new ones. Mm-hmm. And then we get to be intentional in crafting ones that will become the norm for our future generations, hopefully. Right. right. So... We have some new normals to create around Mother's Day and Father's Day. And just celebrating in general. Yeah. I I, I mean, sadly, I think even to our kids' birthdays, I think you do an amazing job of making the kids' birthdays fun. But I tend to opt out the whole experience because I'm just like, it's noisy, it's expensive, 
it's tiring. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, wait, what's wrong with that? You know, there's something wrong with that. Right, right. I think their birthdays are probably the only thing I am good at celebrating because I'm quite intentional about what they want it to look like and making sure that they feel like they were heard and they're loved by whatever it looks like, whatever the theme is that time or whatever. But I'm also really happy when the day is over because I'm usually exhausted. And I, I still think like I'm usually trying to get through the event rather than really enjoying the event. Yeah, but I, I think that's necessary. Like I think your love and your care for the event is evident in the planning and the preparation. And then it's like a war zone. I mean, you, you, you put 20 small children in a room. Right. You don't have time to enjoy the event. It's not about you. Enjoy, it's about you getting through with your right. sanity. Right, right, right. And chanting, okay. thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not kill. <laughs> or just thinking about, oh, it's seven o'clock. Everybody's going to bed. I'm going to sit down and drink wine. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving watching our kids become very dominant in their life languages. So... You know, both of us are high shapers, so we love plans. And I'm watching both Abigail and Tia, nine and seven, speak the shaper language very fluently. Yes, they they regularly want to know the plan. What is the plan? And then when we tell them the plan, they recap the plan to us like a good shaper. Mm -hmm. So you are saying, we are going to church. We are not having snack at the break. Then we're going to church again. Then we're going to go out to Chipotle. Then we're going to go to see Finding Dory. Then we're going to go home and we can play. Then we're going to have dinner. And then I can have some playtime before bed. We are saying that. And woe betide you if you deviate from that plan. (laughs) Well, it's true. Yeah, if we had to make a switch, then we basically have to negotiate with terrorists. (laughs) But even with a house move, like Abigail understands that there's a... Because of the two different days that we're closing on Mm -hmm. this, this house that we're selling... And a couple of days later, the house that we're buying, she's like, well, then where are we going to live? And so every couple of days, she's like, have you sorted out where we're living yet? And I'm like, oh, honey, that you don't need to worry about it. She's like, I'm not don't worried. Have to worry. I'm just interested. She what, wants to know the plan. She loves to know the plan. Yeah. MJ, too, though, is the same. He'll, he'll say, I'll be like, baby, it's almost time for bed. And he's like, do I have three minutes to play? Do I have? five minutes to play now he doesn't actually understand time he doesn't because i said you have 15 minutes to play and he goes oh mommy can't i have three so he thinks three is more so i was like yeah baby you can (laughs) he keeps asking to set timers yeah so he says you know alexa set a timer for three minutes he you know he wants (laughs) he wants his chunks of time yeah it's adorable well this whole thing of what kind of normals do we want or in what areas are we not good at celebrating this weekend, we watched a video by Pastor Stephen Furtick, who pastors Elevation Church. It's the church my sister and brother-in-law's family go to, uh, which is how we got connected with them. And he had a great little vignette, a 30-minute video that we watched. But one of the lines he said that really stood out to us, he said is, what isn't healed is handed down. Yeah. And I thought, I don't want to hand down my apathy. I don't want to hand down my cynicism. I actually want to hand down really good things to my kids. I don't want to hand it down either. I was uh, thinking too, you know, like most of what Stephen was speaking about was, uh, it was sort of on the topic of racism, but, um, you know, I don't want to hand down an inability to celebrate good things because I think it sucks life out of great moments, you know? So there's, there's lots of stuff that I, uh, I, I felt challenged like, oh yeah, I don't want to hand that down, which means I probably need to make sure that 
I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to heal that part. As with everything we've talked about this week, we'll we'll put links to everything we've talked about in the show notes. If you want to listen to any of those messages, we'll put links to. But we've got some questions for you as we finish this topic and move into our listeners' questions. So the first one would be, how is your heart at celebrating? Yeah, if you were to have a celebratometer, <laughs> which patent pending yeah, is coming soon. Pending. <laughs> uh, you know, how good are you at celebrating? And, yeah. and think about how good are you celebrating others? Maybe you're great, but are you good at being celebrated? Mm. Yeah. Second question is, what normals do you want to change about your life? Even if you're not married, even if you don't have kids, what are the normals that you've inherited? Because you're not stuck with them. You, you can choose to upgrade them or change them or delete them anytime you want. Right. That's a good one to journal about because sometimes we're not even aware of what our normals are. Right. Like it's not normal for you to have ketchup with every single food group. You weirdo. Yeah, that's really strange. (laughs) Uh, And finally, who is the person in your life whose words are big in your ears? Yeah. Who who are you positioning to receive instruction from? Yeah. You don't want to be a lone wolf out there. You want to have... People that can speak into your heart and speak into your life because actually that's what causes you to grow. All right, it's time for a listener's question. All right. We need a listener's question jingle. I didn't mean right now. I meant in the future. Okay. So here's the question. This person says, I want to know what is the difference between gossip and slander? Also, if you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit that you have engaged in gossip or slander of a leader, and if you respond by repenting from it, will you still reap negative fruit from it? I personally believe in the law of sowing and reaping. Is that still in effect even if you repent and ask God to forgive you and cleanse you by the blood of Jesus? It's a great question. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the dictionary definition thing. Because okay. I was like, what, what is the difference between gossip and slander? Are they synonymous terms? Gossip is casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people, typically involving details that are not confirmed as being true. Slander, on the other hand, is a false and malicious spoken statement that is damaging to someone's reputation. Basically, slander is gossip. Gossip is the umbrella term for, I would say, negative speech about somebody. Okay. Here's what's interesting about slander, though. Derek Prince, who to this day still remains one of my favorite Bible teachers ever, he taught that uh, the, the Greek word that we find in our New Testament that's rendered devil literally means slanderer. Wow. Right. Right. And so Revelation 12, we're told that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. He's somebody who's constantly going around accusing God's people. And Derek's point was that every time we slander about another Christian leader or another Christian brother or sister, what we're actually doing is the devil's work for him. Yep. And I was like, when you put it in that phrase, I'm not sure I want to agree with the devil about anything. Right. Absolutely not. Yeah. And as far as the law of sowing and reaping goes, it, it's in effect and it's only actually broken by the blood of Jesus. Right. So the great news is that anything that you sow, you have to reap unless you confess it as sin and you ask the Lord to forgive you. So I would, um, I would always check in with the Holy Spirit and just be like, okay, hey, is there anything that you need to bring to my mind that I've done wrong so that you can actually repent of those things and, and see any cycle of sowing and reaping actually get broken? So, Because your words of your mouth, they're very powerful. And you really want the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart to be pleasing to the Lord. 
Um, so I would say, of course, the cycle can be broken because the cross has broken that cycle. But you need to appropriate that um, by actually repenting and inviting the Lord into the process. Yeah, one of my favorite verses, the one you just quoted, Psalm 19, verse 14. Uh, that whole thing of, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, and my rock and my redeemer. If if I find that I'm telling a story that is not helpful, and the Holy Spirit's like, <clears throat> like that happened to me this week, I'm realizing I'm having a conversation, I'm like, oh, actually, I'm being negative about this person. And the Holy Spirit's like, really? Is that what you want to be? stop right there. I, yeah. I would rather appear the worst storyteller in the world than yeah. finish a story that's negative about somebody else. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather appear foolish than I would be dishonoring. And so the Holy Spirit is so good at being like this, this filter on your mouth and on your mind yeah. and just going, no, no, mm. no. But absolutely, the the law of sowing and reaping, and we did a podcast on this a while back. So if you're like, what is this law of sowing and reaping you speak of? You can listen to it to alanandaj.com slash 85. It explains the whole thing. But yeah, the law of sowing and reaping is this impartial thing that will keep going. But where you're reaping negative fruit, you can absolutely confess it as sin. Just say, Jesus, I realize I've been doing this. Would you forgive me of that sin? And would you cut down any fruit trees in my life that's producing bad fruit as a result of my bad choices? And right. that's one of the things he does. He's, he's brilliant about it. Sure is. So I hope that helps. Slander and gossip are pretty much the same thing. Gossip is the umbrella term under which slander fits. Absolutely, if you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, respond to it immediately and you will be free from the effects of it just because that's what Jesus does. He's amazing. He makes everything new. So we finally have a boy named Ben back in stock. Yay! It's properly printed. And you worked very hard with our publishers on that, babe. Thank you. And you exercised tremendous patience as you went back and forth with them. It was a very frustrating process. Um, <laughs> but here we are. And uh, so if you have bought it, uh, look for an email that tells you how to replace the one that you have received if there was a printing error. And if you'd like to buy a copy, then just head on over to alanandaj.com slash Ben. And if you want the show notes for this episode, head over to alanandaj.com slash 107. And we would really love your prayers. There's, we've got a busy couple of weeks coming up. We're moving in uh, a week and a half, two weeks. And so we've got a lot to get done. We want to have some sanity. So your prayers would be especially welcome in this season. And if you can just, uh, as you're praying, if you can pray that the kids don't feel any of the stress or pressure of the move, that would be sort of my number one, right. um, that it would feel fun to them. I mean, that's sort of my goal is to make it like, hey guys, we're camping in our house, you know, but to make it fun so that they're not feeling the stress. Have a great week. Yeah. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. Alan and AJ, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, they talk about faith in God. Everything under the sun If you are a human being 
There's something here for everyone